Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. We could not talk or talk forever. And still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, March 15, 2022. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hello. Hi. Welcome. I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Day 421 of the Biden-Harris administration, 236 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. And oh, look, sitting right over there, it's the great Buzz Burbank. You say there he is. You said it all. Hi. What, what, what do you mean some of the jokes are on back order? <laughs> Damned supply chain. <laughs> hi, hi, Bob. Hi, hi everybody. Hi. Uh, he is Bob. I am Buzz. And we have politely turned down our nominations to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, let's see. What's in the news? Uh, the United States Senate has voted to keep government funded for a few more weeks mm-hmm. because things have been going so well. <laughs> uh, pastry entrepreneur Charles Entenman has died. Aww. No burial plans have been announced, but a spokesman says there'll always be a little chuck in every bite. <laughs> Are you ready for the green? Are you ready for the wearing of the green? Will you oh, be yeah. Oseska yeah. on Thursday? Of course. Uh, uh, day after tomorrow, of course, is uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yep. So uh, to honor the man who drove the snakes out of Ireland, we're all going to get together to drive COVID back into society. Don't look up. Don't look up. Uh, and now McDonald's has pulled out of Russia, mm-hmm. which, of course, means uh, Vladimir Putin won't get to do his annual shamrock shake binge. Uh, now, I'm no economist, but as nearly as I can tell, the Russian ruble now has approximately the same monetary value as a diploma from Trump University. <laughs> That's your trade. Perfection, yeah. Uh, uh, And Western world leaders are scrambling for sources of oil outside of Russia now. Uh And and more than once, they've talked about drilling on Rudy Giuliani's hairline. (laughs) More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. All right, kicking off the show with a great Rocky Mountain mic. Here we go. Look at that yo-yo. That's the way he does it. He sits and twitters on his toilet seat. This ain't working. That's the way he does it. Gets his money from Russians and his chicks who pee. Yeah, this ain't working. That's the way he does it. His voters, let me tell you, them guys are dumb. Maybe got some misters with their little sisters. Maybe got some misters who are little bums. Wow. Obama spies with <laughs> microwave ovens. We want to lock up that Hillary. You got to schmooze these agitators. You got to schmooze these Nazis. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. That's Look at the that. way he does it. Gets his money from Russians and his chick soupy. Gets his money from Russians and your chick soupy. Gets your money from Russians and your chick soupy. Gets his money from Russians and his chick soupy. 
Rocky Mountain Mike. Yeah. Look at that. Coming in dire straits. Yep. <laughs> Rocky MNT and Mike on Twitter. Go follow now. Do it yeah. now. Run. Don't, Don't waste walk. any time. No, yeah, no, that's no. right. Okay, God, where do we start here? Uh, we're obviously we're going to talk about Russia here in just a few minutes, but uh, we got to we got to start talking about uh, this gas price situation because it's becoming more and more convoluted and ridiculous in terms of the misreporting that's happening, the causes of the hike in gas prices, and and you know what, Buzz, before we dive into the details of what's happening now, I just want to remind everybody: gas prices were higher. In 2008, it's not like we've hit some sort of peak in gas prices. Like, suddenly the gas prices are out of control. We've never seen anything like this before. It's not the case, right? That's exactly right. And that's not adjusting for inflation. We've actually paid more for gas. Gas is going to have to go over 510 a gallon for Mm -hmm. it to reach any kind of sort of record territory. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's not true. Now, that's not to say that people are not hurting from this, especially uh, people who are already working a couple of jobs or are strapped for cash. Mm -hmm. Uh, This makes a big dent in in their budget. And uh, but when looking at the numbers, Numbers, uh, in terms of disposable income, we're using a smaller percentage of that today uh, on gasoline at these prices yeah. than we had in 2008, as you pointed out. I remember back around that period of time, maybe 2005, yes. 2008, somewhere in that gap, right. where it looked like gas prices were going to end up going as high as $10 a gallon. I mean, there was a lot right. of prognostication. I remember watching right. CNBC and hearing it all over the place on CNBC. Oh, yeah, it's going to be $10 and- a gallon by 2000. It turned out to be pretty goddamn high with the national average being uh, a, a bit higher than where it is right now. I think we have to start by facing the fact that this really is hurting people. And yeah. that's this is such a an important lesson in disinformation mm-hmm. because it is when people are hurting that they are more likely to believe misinformation. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening in the public discussion over gas prices. Right, right. And that's kind of my big point in all of this. There's a misdirect happening from big oil at this point. So what leads us into that kind of conclusion, the misdirect conclusion, is the fact that oil plunged more than 8% yesterday, touching a new low, this according to CNN, touching a new low of, uh, or not a new low, but a low of $99.76 a barrel. That means oil has lost almost roughly a quarter of its value since touching a near 14-year high of $130 a barrel on March 6. Now, are gas prices coming down as a consequence of this? Are they? Mm, no. Okay, I'm. You know, I'm not gonna defend the oil companies. In fact, I'm gonna tell you what they are doing that's bad. Okay. But first, let me say that uh, it takes a few days for that to come around, and if it doesn't come around, then there may be gouging. But to this point. Based on my research, the numbers I've seen, there's no evidence that the oil industry is price gouging. Now, before you turn it off, there's more to this because I'll tell you what they are doing. Yeah. Uh, they are enjoying windfall profits, not set by the evil oil companies, which are in fact evil, but set instead by the OPEC nations. It's the OPEC nations of Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Venezuela, Ir- Iran, uh, I'm leaving somebody out, uh, but, but those are the countries that control the oil and mm-hmm. set the oil prices. It's not the oil companies that do that. Now, the oil company, what happens is at times like this, when OPEC does this, the oil companies enjoy a huge windfall of cash. Yeah. Uh, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse wants to uh, recover half of the, the windfall that they're taking in uh, and, and refund it to the American consumer. Uh, I'm wondering why just half, but it's a start. <laughs> uh, the, the point is the oil companies are not objecting to this windfall. Here's the really evil thing that the oil companies have been doing since 1980. 82, thanks to Ronald Reagan, and that is Reagan made it legal for oil com- for any company really to reinvest its profits back into buying its own stock, stock buybacks. Right. And if those were illegal again, as they should be, then the oil companies would not enjoy this huge windfall as we continue to pay them subsidies. It's, I mean, again, there's plenty to be mad at the oil companies. 
about. Price gouging isn't one of them yet. You know, uh, there there are other issues that need to be addressed here. It's very complex. Uh, for every, uh, and let me just add the other thing that I've learned, and that is that for every $10 a barrel that oil goes up, uh, the price goes up 24 cents. So that accounts for the increases that we've seen because it's proportional to the increased price of oil. That should and usually does come back down a few days later. So if it doesn't, then we can really uh, focus on holding the oil companies to account. What we need to do is change the law. Yeah, it seems like, though, the decline in oil prices uh, per barrel have been coming down. And obviously, yesterday was a pretty precipitous drop. But yes. they've, been, they've been coming down since March 6th. So for the last mm -hmm. nine days or so, they've been slowly declining. So is nine days of a declining oil oil price uh, enough time in which to start to see it at the gas pump as well. Is that enough of a gap? I mean, is there a turnaround uh, between the decline in oil prices and the decline in gas prices? Because, All I'm saying is, yeah. is give it a few more days and let's see. I don't know. I don't know for sure. But uh, this, these are the, the facts that I've been able to uncover about this. Because my, my cynical side believes that, yeah, there is gouging going on here because that's historically what we've seen. They're gouging the prices, believing that no one's really going to blame them for the gas prices. Most people are going to blame the White House for the gas prices and say, why, is oh, why isn't Joe Biden doing anything about the gas prices? And so they can actually, without even saying a word, big oil can defer the blame to Joe Biden because of the heightened negative partisanship in this country. So there is kind of a PR move in all of this to cover up. If there is price gouging, it's meant to cover up the price gouging. Like we can get away with this because people are so brr about politics. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So that's yeah, it's so, uh, like watching the stock market, too, sometimes. I mean, yeah. uh, it, you're seeing reactions and you don't know whether, uh, you know, you're being manipulated or not by, right, by right. ups and downs in the market. Um, yeah. it, it is a, a complex issue. I'm not again, uh, the oil companies are evil. Make no mistake about that. Uh, and this is a real opportunity, I think, as we said last week, uh, to focus on alternative energy sources. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, but. But as far as this misinformation about Biden's at fault, and here's what you've got. You've got a, a nation full of cranky people, and they're cranky because uh, gas prices are up. And yeah. so you just naturally blame the guy in charge. Mm -hmm. There's no thought process. There's no A to B connection there. They don't bother to even try that. They just, he's in charge. I'm hurting. He, it's his fault. The other dimension to this is the demand. I mean, the demand for gas is huge uh, right now, surging. Yeah. And what is driving that is not only people traveling more because there's a, a lull in the COVID at this point, but uh -huh. on top of that, gas prices normally uh, surge because, or demand normally surges when the economy is doing well. And the economy is soaring at this On point. Fire. Whether people want to notice it or not, it's actually happening. It's a real thing. The economy is doing well. GDP is way up. Uh, job uh, unemployment is way down. This is a fact. And so consequently, uh, you know, I guess rising tide lifts all boats. If you've got all those factors, if more people have money in their pockets to spend on driving around and going to places and going on vacations and things like that, then gas prices are going to go up from demand in and of itself. It's not a, it's not a roaring 20s, but it's loud. Right. Well, we're going to talk about COVID here in a second because... Yeah, it's uh, it's not gonna last. We're in uh, the roaring, uh, you know, couple of months of twenty two. I guess we can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can put it that way, uh, because there's more trouble on the horizon remember, as far as that goes. Remember the last time we thought it was over? Yeah. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah. Almost a year ago, we hit that yeah. lull, and it was like, oh my god, party time! Yes, we're all done. Mm -hmm. And now, no, couldn't couldn't do it. All right. Well, we're gonna get all all that crap in a second here. Okay. I, as I, I'm we're obviously ready. not dying to talk about COVID, but you know, it's one of those things where it's not it's not going away as much as we it's, want it to go away it's not going away and it may not be popular to talk about it but we're going to because it's important and and uh we think everyone should know that but before we talk about covid yes. i, I want to talk about russia and from a very specific point of view i want to talk about some of the quislings who are helping Russia from oh, inside yeah. the United States. Hi, Tucker. Yeah. Oh, you got. You got to start. Rose. Yeah. Right. You got to start with Tucker Carlson. <laughs> 
Yeah, even though he thinks it's hysterical, uh, not a lot of people are laughing. I know a lot of Ukrainians aren't laughing right now uh, over the fact that Tucker Carlson's and Fox News, more broadly speaking, Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time over the past five, six years just flagrantly defending Russia. Uh, You know, we've seen clips of Tucker Carlson talking about how he's, I'm pro-Russia, I'm on Russia's side in all of this. So we got a series of uh, people from the Red Hat Entertainment Complex who are actually actively helping out Russia in this Mm -hmm. endeavor. That's where we end up landing on, well, who's getting the the checks? Where's the money flowing? Follow the money. That's what I kind of think in terms of uh, support for Russia that seems inexplicable. For example, Mm -hmm. we, we have this Kremlin memo that urges Russian media to feature Tucker Carlson in, right. you know, as much as possible, talking about how, you know, well, you know, downplaying the threat of Vladimir Putin. Now, well, Vladimir, Vladimir Putin doesn't call you racist, does he? <laughs> Not like these Democrats. Even to an extent, Buzz, Bill Barr, in one oh, of yes. his interviews, talking about how the greatest threat to the United States isn't Russia or uh-huh. terrorism it's or the liberal Democrats. It's right. the progressive democratic right. agenda. That mm-hmm. is the biggest mm-hmm. threat. So even in a sense, that was tacitly downplaying the threat of Russia. And, yet and here Mike we are. Pompeo. Yeah. yeah. Mike Pompeo in there too. Right. Saying similar. Yeah. It is essential. The thing the memo says it is essentially use as much as possible fragments of broadcasts of the popular Fox News host Tucker Carlson, who sharply criticizes the actions of the United States and NATO, their negative role in unleashing the conflict in Ukraine and the defiantly provocative behavior from the leadership of the Western countries and NATO toward the Russian Federation and toward President Putin personally. And that's from the 12 page document written in Russian. It sums up uh, Tucker Carlson's position by saying Russia is only protecting its interests and security. The memo includes a note from Carlson saying, or a quote from Carlson saying, and how would the U.S. behave if such a situation developed in neighboring Mexico and Canada? And that was produced according to its metadata at a Russian government agency called the Department of Information and Telecommunications Support. Read that. Propaganda. That is the agitprop factory in Russia right now. Tucker's been defending Russia for years. Oh, yes, yes. This clip of Tucker Carlson talking about Vladimir Putin is one that we need to repeat the existence of this as much as humanly possible. I mean, we want to get, if we want Fox News to crash and burn one of these days, Buzz, uh, this is one of the we ways. We do to, now. Yeah. Oh, certainly. This is one of the ways we do it by constantly reminding people that this is what Tucker Carlson said just, I don't know, uh, what, two, three weeks ago? Before that happens, it might be worth asking yourself, since it is getting pretty serious. Here we go. What is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? Has he shipped every middle-class job in my town to Russia? Did he manufacture a worldwide Mm. pandemic that wrecked my business and kept me indoors for two years? Is he teaching my children to embrace racial discrimination? Is he making fentanyl? Is he trying to snuff out Christianity? Does he eat dogs? These are fair questions, and the answer to all of them is no. Vladimir Putin didn't do any of that. So why does permanent Washington hate him so much? Yeah, you know, I just noticed a couple, at least two jabs at China in there. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm. The dog-eating one. And there was, uh, what was it? There was another one that had to do... That was a a slur against all Asians. Yeah, exactly right. Well, I mean, China does this dog-eating festival once a year, which is the most atrocious thing in the fucking world. It needs to end as quickly as possible. Nevertheless. Oh, and I know the other one. The other one was the manufacturing a pandemic. That's all about China, right? But here's the thing, and here's why I play this clip. The Fox News M.O., is to delete the past, sort of the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind cable news version, where Fox News will say atrocious shit like that, just complete fiction. And then when they're called out on it, they seldom will apologize. And what happens is that thing that they said has already metastasized into the conversation. People right. are already believing that and repeating that thing. So Lies it's a, spread yeah, faster than truth. Exactly right. And we can't let this shit get flushed down the memory hole. No, Just enough in is fact, enough. 
this is specifically the tool we need to shut them down. I, I would like to yeah. be locked in a room with somebody who says, no, you, you can't shut down a Fox News channel. Right. Uh, I'd, I'd love to spend an hour with somebody like that. It wouldn't take that long, I don't think. Yeah, um, yeah. We have the evidence uh, we need to know that how dangerous this is and, and that they're being allowed to broadcast Russian propaganda in the U.S. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's traitorous. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it needs to be stopped somehow. And they're, they're, obviously there has to be a way to to do that. Uh, I'm certainly doing what I can to keep reminding people of what Tucker has said, uh, what Laura Ingram has said uh, in, in terms of supporting uh, Vladimir Putin. And yeah, there, there's probably some money to be followed there as well. Didn't you tweet something along the lines of, uh, what was it, Time Warner canceling OAN this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time Warner uh, has joined DirecTV in announcing that they will no longer carry OAN. Woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much the death of OAN. Yeah. Now, now please do Newsmax and Fox. That would be <laughs> Great. Fox News. Yoda thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> Rightly so. Yeah, not a, not a fan of OAN. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah right. So I mean, that's all good news. So these sorts of things can happen. It's mm -hmm. just, once again, it's a matter of people who uh, make all the decisions are the ones who show up. And you have to show up. You have to vote. You have to participate online. You have to engage yourself. Because that's how change occurs in this country. And we've seen that, and, that those efforts can be paid off in uh, and, real change. And as we know, uh, the market can affect things like this, too. And here's some real good news about the market and about Joe Biden. Uh, the more evil perpetrated by... Vladimir Putin, the more carnage that Americans see on television, uh, the more support there is for Joe Biden. Right. His, his popularity is going up Good. just based on that. And uh, you want to talk about Russia, we're winning the war. It may be a Russia's war on Ukraine, but uh, the U.S. and its allies are winning this war, uh, this economic war that has proven more devastating than actual shooting. Uh, this is amazing. I mean, what Biden has done here, what he's doing, and the effect it's going to have. Uh, uh, Russia is expected to, to default on its loans mm -hmm. in a matter of days. That's something that hasn't happened wow. in over 100 yeah. years. It's been over 100 years since the Bolshevik Re Revolution, which is the last time that uh, Russia defaulted on its loans. And that's one of the effects of the yes. sanctions. That's yes. what we have yes. to look at. In fact, I was saying this, I guess it was either last week or the week before, that we right. have to be a little bit more patient with sanctions. We have to let them take hold and and have that uh, sort of concentric ripple effect on uh, Vladimir Putin's war effort because it requires money to make war. You right. can't just, you can't, <laughs> Very it's, not expensive. A, it's not a free endeavor. <laughs> it's not one of those things where, well, we already have the people and the equipment, so just go. We don't need to spend any more money on this. That's not how it works. In order to not only invade another country, uh, look at the price tag from the invasion of Iraq, the U.S. invasion uh -huh. of Iraq. Oh, yeah. Oh, I brought this up. Yeah, and it's not just the invasion. It's an occupation. And so in order for Vladimir Putin to occupy and hold Ukraine, at, let's say he overthrows Kiev and, and Kiev falls to uh, Vladimir Putin. Oh. He's got to hold that territory. How do you hold that territory if you've got no money for supplies, no money for equipment, uh, no money to be able to buy equipment from other places? I assure you, if China ends up giving Russia equipment, China is not going to be giving that to Russia for free. I mean, why, right, right, why on earth right. would you give anything for free to anyone? And, and Russia has no money and has, is defaulting on its loans. Right. Uh, That's what I mean. In, yep. in terms of human cost, Russia has lost an estimated up to 8,000 of its soldiers. 8,000 Russian souls Jesus. have died going yep. to war for Vladimir Putin. And their families will feel this back home in a divided Russia mm -hmm. uh, where some people believe the government and some people believe the truth. Uh, it, it, that 8,000 deaths over the last two weeks... Uh, is more than the U.S. lost in Iraq and Afghanistan 
over 20 years. Holy shit. That's the kind of decimation of the Russian military that's occurring here. Mm -hmm. That convoy parked outside of Kiev, and I'm not sure the Russians will take it. Maybe they will. I don't think so. And as you said, if they were to take it, they couldn't hold it. I'd be surprised if they can successfully take it. That convoy parked outside of Kiev has been there for 19 days. It showed up on day one of the invasion and hasn't moved for 19 days. Yeah. Uh, and, and as it does, the soldiers are deserting. They're getting, they're going into the woods. Uh, Zelensky was on TV last night, daytime, you know, for them, uh, saying, uh, listen, if you're a Russian soldier, we will treat you better than the Russian army. Just come on over. <laughs> <laughs> See, on one hand, I'm laughing. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm going, oh, fuck. Here, here's, yeah. And here's why. Here's why okay, my why? reaction is mixed. All because right. on one hand, I'm like, well, that's great news. Anything that's mm-hmm. bad news for Russia at this point is great news for, you know, the world. Right. However, what concerns me is that Vladimir Putin's going to get so frustrated. And uh-huh. he's already, uh-huh. I mean, talk uh-huh. about brain worms. I mean, already right. the, the spadoinkle is long gone. So my concern is that the more and more he's boxed in and bogged down sort of a quagmire in Ukraine, Uh the more desperate and erratic he's going to become. And that's when he starts pressing buttons. And whether that comes in the form of a chemical weapon attack, uh, you know, with a false pretext of biological uh, labs or whatever other excuse he comes up with, because he doesn't need a factual excuse, as we've seen from the Russian propaganda. They're just making up shit wholesale, just like uh, Donald Trump and and Fox News Channel. They're just making shit up, and the people who receive that information tend to believe it, and that's how propaganda works. But the fact of the matter is that he could end up getting so pissed off that he starts uh, popping off tactical nukes or some other thing that scares the fucking shit out of me. And because he has a fragile ego like Donald Trump, uh, this had to really piss him off when that... uh female producer walked onto the set of the evening news on channel one uh the other night Mm -hmm. uh interrupting the anchor that anchor is who was interrupted who was trying to do the news while this protester was behind her uh that is putin's favorite news anchor oh my god so you know he was watching (laughs) yeah Yeah. and and you talk about things that piss off putin That had to be pretty high on the list. And, yeah, but but I share, I think a lot of people share your concern that he could go off. And, uh, it, you know, the, the sanctions are wor- working so well. I hope it doesn't come to that. Yeah. That, that, that no, you know, and, and uh, there's a lot of temptation to go in there and start uh, blowing up stuff uh, to defend the Ukrainian people, the mm-hmm. poor nation that's being uh, assaulted for no good reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, naturally, we it's our nature to want to do something to help them. Uh, but we have to consider the consequences. And I, I, if these sanctions continue to work as well as they already are, uh, we've really accomplished something, and it may uh, ultimately put a stop to this. Uh, I know it's not soon enough, but uh, it, when you consider the alternatives, you have to weigh which is the greater loss. I, I was thinking about this thought occurred to me a moment ago about uh, President Biden. Wouldn't it be interesting if history viewed him as the president who ended a 20-year war in Afghanistan and defeated Russia without firing a shot? He's the peace president. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. That is something. That, and and that makes that puts a big smile on my face. I Good. I sincerely hope you're right on this, because that would be just uh, phenomenal. Not only from uh, you know a world peace perspective, right. but also from a domestic peace perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms yeah. of uh, you know a, a solid like massive achievement in order to uh, carry us into the midterms and beyond. That would be and the more tremendous the more, for democracy. The more outrageous Putin's behavior, like if he does, <clears throat> like I said, every. Every time Putin does something bad, Biden's numbers go up. That's right. If Putin, if Putin turns to, to chemical warfare, I think you're going to see a lot of people come over uh, to, in, to supporting their president in a time of a very new kind of world war. Yeah. Uh, a kind of world war where the enemy is defeated without firing a shot. That's incredible. Incredible. It's such a testament to the notion of sanctions and right. you know we criticize oh yeah you know, but, but, but I want to get back to the economy here in a second yes I, I just I wanted to add that the woman who interrupted that newscast she yes. as far as I know she is now missing 
They, they don't know uh, where she's she is. been found. Oh, she's been she found. Her, 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 oh, her, her, right. her lawyers say she turned up in court, so she was Thank in God. custody, and but she did appear in court, and yeah. her lawyers have confirmed that. Uh, obviously, she's in for a terrible time. Yeah. Uh, but so far, is only charged with a misdemeanor. Uh, those charges are expected to be escalated, mm -hmm. but uh, that's where we are right now. And the world saw that. Putin saw that. Putin knows the world saw that with him. Uh, be interesting to see what happens. Will she? She fall off a balcony. Will she eat or drink something that uh, makes her ill? Yeah. Uh, or worse, uh, the world is watching. Yeah. The thing I was going to say, though, going back to sanctions and the efficacy of sanctions and why we need to stick with the sanctions regime at this point is that um, there are a lot of downsides to the notion of free trade, the notion of globalization. Certainly over the past uh, 10 years or so, those two things have received a lot of pushback. Mm -hmm. Some of the pushback is for good reason. I, right. I think there's a valid argument against those things. I that think was sort it, of the Occupy Wall Street philosophy, right? Right. Also, in a sense, Donald Trump's whole movement was based mm -hmm. on pushing back against globalization, America first and all that bullshit. There is an upside to this. And I think what we're seeing right now with Russia is one of the big upsides, where globalization and free trade mm. is basically preventing World War III at this point. Yep. I yep. think yep. the global unity we have seen when it comes to the sanctions regime, when it comes to uh, corporate pushback, when it comes to uh, the citizens of the world, in a sense, pushing back against Russia, that's a testament to the upsides of these things. You know, the famous... Uh, Toby Ziegler line from the West Wing is that free trade prevents wars. Something from that TV show that actually applies mm -hmm. in the real world. It's not the fiction of the show. And, that's an actual and a, justification. And a lack of war promotes free trade. Yeah, that's true. So you have a situation where, yeah, there are some sucky downsides. There's definitely a fuzzy end of the lollipop when it comes to free trade. However, when it comes down to something that, quite honestly, 10 years ago, we didn't even really predict. We had no sense whatsoever that there was still going to be some sort of massive superpower that would just randomly and with bullshit justifications invade a democratic nation, a neighboring nation. We had no idea that something like this might occur until maybe Crimea. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, we said, well, why would we even need to do this? Because we're not fighting those kinds of wars anymore. And we're talking about now is terrorism and smaller attacks to, you know, to freak people out and to cause massive destruction, but not traditional armies fighting back and forth right, with each other. Right, Bang, bang, shoot, shoot. But yeah. as we've seen, yes, that still can happen. So as a consequence of that, thank God, there is a global economic community that can have this kind of an impact on, you know, one of the world's last, you know, it's one of two, three, maybe four remaining superpowers right. completely stymied by this economic pushback in and of itself. And, we may not have it, to fire a single shot in this, and thank God we won't. So, and, you know, fingers crossed. And what a sick joke the Russian army has proven to be. Yeah. Uh, they, they're not nearly, the Russian army is not nearly as scary to the rest of the world mm -hmm. as it was before this invasion. And now that the world has seen how poorly, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're going to ravage a place, do it right. Uh, yeah, Russia right. didn't. And the world has witnessed that and, and learned from that that uh, Russia's not capable of doing anything better than that. Yeah. By the way, a side note, it looks like uh, tanks uh, may be outmoded as a, a, in the modern battlefield. Uh, wow. Tanks have, the tanks have proven worthless for uh, Russia in this invasion. Uh, and uh, military leaders around the world are looking at that and saying, you know what, it may be time to move past tanks. Yeah. It may yeah. be time to put those out to pasture. So, I, you know, just to get kind of an interesting side note, you, were, you touched on something there, though, that I wanted to, to grab hold of, and that was the fact that businesses, corporations, mm -hmm. have joined governments in yeah. this effort effort against Russia. Wow, when did this happen? I read a fascinating article that I don't have in front of me and don't recall the details of, but there's this <laughs> there's this big investor guy who's like the head of all the investor guys, yeah. and he puts out a newsletter, and they all read it, and he's been telling them that it's time for corporations to have a conscience, to do what's morally right, which right. is why we're seeing big companies uh, boycotting Russia, pulling out of Russia, except for Coke Industries and Hyatt Hotels. Right, but, right. But other than that, uh, people are pulling out. Uh, and and, and the, this article attributes this to this sort of new corporate conscious uh, conscience that has been uh, imposed by 
uh, the the leader of the investors. Yeah, uh, it, it's just interesting how business has come around. And at least in this case, for you Atlas Shrugged fans, at least in this case, <laughs> government and and business are working together for the obvious good. Yeah. Well, and knock on all the wood, by the way. Mm. Whenever we start to concern trolling Vladimir Putin, like, right. oh boy, is this going badly for him? I got to start mm. knocking on shit because. I understand. Yeah, I understand. because that other shoe could always drop and Vladimir Putin say, oh yeah, yeah, you want to laugh at my tiny dick? Here's a couple of tactical nukes for you to suck mm. on. And right, that's going right. to be, that's when things turn uh, in a terrible direction. He certainly hinted at that. He's yeah, backed yeah. into a corner economically. Uh, mm. His favorite news anchor got interrupted by a protester that everyone saw. Right. Uh, he can't be happy. And yeah, you're right. There yeah. is a real risk of him pushing the button. Uh, if that happens, then all bets are off. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, hopefully right wins over wrong. I think it would, and probably pretty quickly. Well, I still got to get to Candace Owens here. We're still on the Quislings list. <laughs> that's where we, I think we oh, started sorry. this conference. No, 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 that's fine. We started out talking about all of the uh, Red Hat Entertainment Complex goons mm -hmm. who are now supporting Russia in uh, maybe in, in some cases direct ways. We're going to talk about Candace Owens here. We're going to talk about the Rodeo Clown Caucus, and even Marco Rubio, all uh, connected to Russia oh, and yeah. uh, and easing and, Russia's pain in a sense. So And DeSantis. Yeah. And, oh, my God, DeSantis, too, and, yes, uh, and all yeah. the rest. But first, I mean, we all are in this situation where maybe over the pandemic, we uh, you know, were downsized, we lost our job or spent a period of time out of work and ended up racking up some credit card debt in the process. And if you got your credit card debt spread out over several credit cards, you might want to consider a credit card consolidation loan. And guess what? Lightstream is here to help. You can get a fixed rate credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream and you could save thousands in interest. Rates start at 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 and there are absolutely no fees. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience and that's exactly what they're going to deliver. So here, just for my listeners, apply now and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Seska. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash C-E-S-C-A. Seska at the end. That's my last name. Subject to credit approval. Rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Seska for more information. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Thank you. Bob Seska. single right here this is from feed your wolves there's a song called i got what you need it's brand new you smell it it's got that new single smell right feed your wolves yeah feedyourwolves.com yep that's a road trip song that's oh, a driving God, yeah. that's a driving on the highway song oh yeah just in the nick of time too for springtime uh the uh clocks we shifted the clocks ahead my, my favorite clock touching of the year happened uh, over the weekend uh, because now it's not so psychotic outside after I have been compared to Doc Brown because I have uh, I, I, I attribute I blame this maybe it's uh, 
you know, perhaps it's a flaw in my personality, <laughs> but I blame it on my career in radio. I have mm. clocks everywhere. I mean, everywhere. <laughs> I have what in the bathroom. There's one at the vanity, one that faces into the shower, and one in the water closet. <laughs> That's three, so three clocks just in the bathroom. I have clocks at the pool. I have clocks at the garage. I have clocks at the, on the lanai. I have clocks. And some of them are decorative. I live in Florida, so I have a mermaid clock, and I have, I like, uh, you know, films and television, so I have a Warner Brothers film real clock and uh, you know, these do not set themselves you know i had uh, some younger folks uh, uh speak to me about well you know i don't have to set anything because all mine just uh, updates automatically <laughs> yeah. well first of all my friend you don't have as many clocks as i do <laughs> you certainly don't have the warner brothers reel of film clock uh and uh you know i it takes a while to do that so why anyway, are you ho- the question is, why are you hoarding clocks why, why is why so many clocks is it just? I, are, do, are, do you just love clocks? Or do you, are you are you a clock collector? I've always been into saving time. No, I just I like to be I, no, where no matter where I am, I'd like to be able to look up and see the time, okay. and not not reach in my pocket for the phone, not look at you know I haven't worn a wristwatch in a thousand years. Yeah. Uh, so I like to be able to look up from wherever I am in the house and see what time it is. Yeah. You and know. So there are clocks everywhere. So Candace Owens, uh, one of the big fakers in the Red Hat Entertainment Complex, I I believe, Uh here's my theory about Candace Owens, and I underscore theory because I don't want her to sue me. I think Candace Owens is a faker. I think Candace Owens is an actor who has been hired as a PR flack for the conservative movement, whether it's some sort of uh, dark money group or a super PAC or some other big financier, uh, maybe one of the media networks or I don't know who. But um, the fact is that uh, there have been several things that have popped up over the years that have made me scratch my head and go, hmm. And one of them was when she was on Joe Rogan, she told Joe Rogan that she just woke up one day and decided she was a conservative. Uh Like she had been a liberal up until she went to bed the night before, went Uh to sleep, woke up the next day. Oops, suddenly I'm a conservative. Okay. Because... When she awoke, she realized there was gold in them in our hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether, it, whether it was Rush Limbaugh or anybody, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Hannity, anybody today who, who panders to that audience, mm-hmm. uh, they do it for the money because there is money to be made oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, that would be my guess about Candace Owens and my guess as to why she has been accepted by the conservative community is because they that way they can have a black friend. There is much more money flowing through the conservative movement than there mm-hmm. is through the liberal movement. That much is a, of it Russian. Yeah, that is a fact of life. And, and so mm-hmm. I get the sense that someone is paying her to do this. So, sure, so the reason she course. woke up and was a conservative one morning is because on the same morning she checked her account balance and the check exactly. cleared. You know what I mean? That's, oh, okay, so the contract starts now. Okay, so here we go. Now I'm going to start acting really nuts. Yeah, but but in a conservative. Yeah, with a reasonable sounding voice. That's how I'm going to sell myself. (laughs) That's that's what she did. And so here's something that she tweeted uh, the other day. She tweeted, absolutely appalling the way Russians are being treated in America and abroad, that our leaders and government institutions are allowing for and at times calling for this discrimination following their global Black Lives Matter hysteria is quite telling. Russian lives matter, she says. And so that was uh, retweeted by the Russian embassy in the United States. Much like them using, uh, much like Vladimir Putin uh, having uh, uh, media uh, outlets, uh, state media outlets in Russia repeating Tucker Carlson, uh, the Russian embassy well, in the I, United States retweeted Candace Owens. I, I, I will go out on a limb and, and predict that uh, the Tucker Carlson will be tied to Russian money and perhaps mm. in the not-too-distant future. Interesting, yeah. I mean, it's possible that there is no Russian money. It's possible that they're just doing this because... It's indirect. Yeah, they're more like entrepreneurs in the sense that... That they see mm-hmm, a, market a market for this kind of nonsense, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to get in on it. They're just jumping on the gravy train and, and putting right. out their own brand and hoping the money will come but in. But in their cases, it has. That yeah. makes them easily co-opted by someone like Russia or someone like Trump. Sure. Uh, you know, so it, it's easy for them to add to that pot to take over that paycheck. Uh, and the next thing you know, they're they're working for Putin directly. Yeah. And the other thing I noticed about this tweet from Candace Owens is, God, it's it's woke. <laughs> It's woke in support of Russian people. 
And so, in a sense, Candace Owens is being woke. And can I, I, I just want to, now that I mentioned that word, woke, uh-huh. I, I want to mention here that uh, what it really means when it's used in a pejorative sense. Woke is the new N-word dog whistle. You say the word woke when you are afraid to say the N-word. That's what that's what woke is all about. So you if you hear someone say woke as a criticism, like Governor DeSantis of Florida, right, right. That's what it is. And and my mm-hmm. question to the people who are anti woke, what is their solution for the obvious inequality in this country? What what alternative do they have? And I guess the alternative is, but no equality. I mean, if you, unless well, you're a white they, person, they, then they would argue. You're screwed. They would argue. They would argue that minorities get all the good stuff, and <laughs> that the the white male, particularly, is being left out. You yeah, know, is being yeah. discriminated against, and they will uh, cite uh, what they believe are examples of that. Uh, right. That's you know again a, a vulnerable population, vulnerable to misinformation. Uh, we may get to it on the free show. It may end up at, uh, on the shadow docket, but we've got a quote from Tiny Trump. Tiny Trump delivered a, a bit oh, of a rally boy. over the weekend, and Tiny Trump was talking about critical race theory uh-huh. and we'd be remiss in not talking about that because uh in that context he uh well he said something that was kind of alarming <laughs> he's inciting violence imagine. tiny trump is these days i can't imagine him saying anything alarming you can't let that happen to me but yeah candace owens retweeted by the russian embassy uh meantime the rodeo clown caucus voted against eliminating russian oil uh-huh. um the final vote on the russian oil ban bill in the house was 414 to 17 15 republicans voted against it two democrats uh the 15 republicans all from the rodeo clown caucus we know these names groffman bobert bishop cawthorn marjorie taylor green louis gohmert matt gates massey paul gosar desjardins uh, Boggs, Roy, Tiffany, they're, they're the usual suspects. But then you have in the mix Ilhan Omar and Cori Bush also mm-hmm. uh, voted against it. Why? My question is, why? Why do these people, why does the Rodeo Clown Caucus want uh, Russian oil in this country? I have no fucking idea other than yeah. to, are they just trolling? I mean, I can't imagine they would put their names to this uh, vote if they were just trolling. Right. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. So I, you know, maybe both. It may be both things. They may be trolling, and they may have financial reasons for not wanting yeah, to yeah. support that move. Someone's got to look into this. Like you know, um, I think it was yesterday, the day before. Stephanie Rule tweeted something about gas price. She said oil is now less than a hundred dollars a barrel. What's going on at the pump? Question mark. She says. <laughs> Asked the reporter to no one in particular. Yeah, and my reply was <laughs> perhaps a few reporters with access should look into that. And it's yeah. the same with the. These guys, where is the deep dive into where they're getting their money? Who's following the money with these people? I mean, I'm just a, I'm a podcaster who sits here uh, three days a week, four days a week and plays fart sounds. Um, I'm not the guy to be doing this. Uh, but there are people who have the wherewithal, the Rolodexes to be able to get a good head start investigating this sort of thing. Where is it? Or have they? And they just turned up nothing. I don't know. But uh, I think uh, or, some answers are in order here. Or are they covering some other crisis? I don't right, know. Right, right. Well, There's a lot going on, right? Yes, indeed. Well, uh, one of your senators down there in Florida, Marco Rubio, received $1.5 million from a Russian oligarch-linked huh. firm. And uh, the Russian oligarch, you might remember this from back in the day covering uh, Trump-Russia. The Russian oligarch is Len Blavatnik. Remember Len Blavatnik? He was a Ukrainian-born billionaire, still is, uh, who holds dual U.S.-U.K. citizenship. He used to be a fairly run-of-the-mill campaign contributor, donating relatively modest amounts to a, in a bipartisan fashion until the 2016 election cycle hit. Beginning in 2015, Blavatnik lavished uh, contributions on Republicans, with Senator Marco Rubio raking in a cool $1.5 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Lavotnik, whose family emigrated to the United States in the late 1970s, is a longtime business associate of Russian oligarchs Oleg Deripaska and Victor Vexelberg. 
uh, both of whom have ties to Russian President Vladimir Putin. Along with Rubio, uh, Republican Senators Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham received mm-hmm. hefty sums from Blavatnik as well. So there's a direct connection. I mean, we have and- a one-to-one connection between Russian oligarch cash and a Republican member of the Republican members, plural, of the Senate. And we're trying to draw the rest of that line uh, to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who uh, we don't know what amount, but uh, this oligarch contributed to a general fund for mm-hmm. Republican candidates as well. Uh, it is uh, suspected that a good portion of that went to the DeSantis campaign. Uh, and uh, we're now trying to find out how much. Uh, DeSantis may have gotten, and the reason we believe that this is the case is the oligarch said in a phone conversation, uh, congratulations on the victory in Florida. Oh, wow. uh, so, he, you know, he, he seemed to have an interest in the Florida race as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, if we could bring all these jokers down, that would be great. And these are, of course, the usual suspects. Yeah, meantime, uh, some breaking news today. Russia has imposed sanctions on U.S. President Joe Biden, Secretary of State Anthony uh, Blinken. Oh, ouch. <laughs> oh, oh. Ow. Make it stop. Oh, Oh, my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to Joe Biden? Joe Biden's not going to have any rubles anymore. <laughs> I, I Speaking of breaking news, also during our show, I just came across this as well. You made me check. Um, uh, apparently, a Fox News cameraman has been killed and a correspondent hospitalized oh, after the vehicle man. was struck by incoming fire in Ukraine. Uh, yeah, keep going, Tucker. Keep keep siding with Vladimir Putin. Keep telling us how good Putin is as your reporters die at his hands. We, we have uh, Tucker Carlson's reaction to that news, by the uh, way. We have special audio. <laughs> There it is. He's such he's such a feeling individual, isn't he? That's fake. He didn't really laugh at the cameraman die. And you know what? These guys, the, the reporter as well, uh, who I, I believe was uh, injured the other day, the Fox News reporter, uh, right. wounded in Ukraine. One wounded, one killed, yeah. Yeah. And, and this, yeah. the same again today. So now that's two wounded and two killed. Right. Two of, that's four American news people killed by Vladimir Putin. Yeah, and while their paychecks come from Rupert Murdoch and News Corp, mm-hmm. and we know how bad that corporation is, yes. uh, the fact of the matter is that a, lot, a lot of these guys aren't part of that uh, no, talking point factory, the propaganda factory, uh, you know, especially in prime time or in the morning. These guys are just grunts. They're, you know, especially the cameraman. Out in the field. Got, right. Yeah, yeah. He's got no stake, no skin in the game of, in terms of what uh, Fox News is doing, other than getting a paycheck from it. But... Uh, so I'm really hesitant to kind of, I know some people were like, ah, Fox News, ha, ha, ha. No, 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 yeah. not in these cases. Yeah, let's, no, no, let's, let's we be don't a show little, that at all. Yeah, let's be fair in all of this. Yeah. Uh, express some empathy, at least. Um, I want to get to uh, Tiny Trump here in a second. We got a couple of Tiny Trump clips from his uh, rally uh, over the weekend. It's only because they are kind of dangerous, and we want to make sure we at least give them a little bit of time here. Plus, uh, let's see what else. A little bit of COVID, too, before we uh, wrap up the yes, show. Please, yeah, yeah get a, let's have a little bit of COVID. Pass the COVID, please. I didn't get the memo. I I think we're supposed to be pretending it's gone. That's that's what I'm told. We'll talk about all of that here in just a second. But first, uh, if you're only listening to the free portion, this part of the Bob Seska show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're getting the show, uh, you're only hearing the first hour. There's an extra 20 minutes of show after the end credits roll at the end of every Tuesday and Thursday show. And it's all happening on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow Docket podcast. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news. And it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. The Shadow Dockets drop every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows. And they're only going to cost you $5 per month. And you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast. Don't miss out. Don't uh, don't get FOMO. Again, it's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. 
favorites here. This song, right? This is uh, Brad Brooks. song called Feel the Might from his latest album God Save the City. Bradbrooksmusic.com Getting lots of great DMs and comments about Brad Brooks, especially this song. So. Excellent. Go buy it. Add it to your collection now. Bobseska.com slash music. Submit your work to the show and we you do have to uh, preview you, you're that. giving You're giving a platform to some talented people. I'm trying. I'm really, really trying. I'm trying to make these guys uh, rock stars with household names. I'm trying to, whatever I can do to uh, add to their audiences, I'm happy to do it because there's so much cool. great music that you're not hearing in you know top 40 radio. You're not hearing it at the tops of the Spotify playlist and so on. Stuff that's being uh, kind of shuffled out of the mix that should be uh, at the top of everyone's mind, the top of everyone's we all, playlist. We, we all thank you. I, If I may, I want to take a second to uh, thank everybody who uh, heeded our call last week uh, for followers on Twitter and oh, yeah. Facebook. Uh, thank you so much. You're, you're all so kind, and I've tried yeah. to follow everybody back. Who, who's I may have missed a few, but I've, I've tried to follow as many people back as possible. And anyway, just to thank you for your support. It's very, very satisfying, very still, helpful, and thank you. Still got to get you that blue check. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a priority. (laughs) I'm just glad to have more folks, you know? It's almost becoming a cool thing now to not have a blue check, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I haven't had a a blue check since it was cool not to have a blue check or something (laughs) like that. There is a backlash against blue checks. I have been noticing that. So Uh, I don't know. I don't know if if this is something you you even want. You you are an elite core. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so uh, I let Tiny Trump out of his cigar box the other day, and it was a mistake because he hopped on a janky airplane and flew and did a rally. I forget exactly where he went uh, to the rally. Uh, But at the very least, I hope he he bit some fingers in the process because he is is quite bitey. He's bitey, very bitey. Bitey Tiny Trump. So uh, (laughs) speaking of bitey, at one point, he asked his audience to lay down their lives to fight critical yes. race theory. This is the former president. This is a guy who's going to run again in 24 and maybe even get the nomination, maybe even win. And he's talking about having his supporters lay down their lives, which means combat, which means whatever other form of violence in order to combat the idea of Teaching about things like slavery and Jim Crow and the civil the reasons for the Civil War and the Civil Rights Act and and the Voting Rights Act and advancements that were made the Civil and Rights they, Movement in the sixties. And if I may interject, coming down just as hard on L- LGBTQ as yes. they are on on black people. But, right. And and haven't we seen this pattern before? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is the you know the lay down your life for critical race theory. Uh, yeah. Some will. Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, this is something that the Department of Justice should be keeping an eye on. Once again, Donald Trump inciting violence, inciting political violence from his platform. You know why? Because he doesn't give a shit. All he cares about is getting reelected. All he cares about is his own power and status and adulation surrounding him. That's all he he wants. And he keeps getting away with it. Exactly right. So here's a little teeny tiny bitey Trump talking about uh, (laughs) inciting violence. We will pass critical Executive branch employee fireable. Oh wait, wait! This is the this yeah. is a different one. Here's yes, it is and equally I'm, scary. I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's the critical race theory one. Getting critical race theory out of our schools is not just a matter of values; it's also a matter of national survival. We have no choice. The fate of any nation ultimately depends upon the willingness of its citizens to lay down, and they must do this, lay down their very lives to defend their country. If we allow the Marxists and communists and socialists to teach our children to hate America, there will be no one left to defend our flag or to protect our great country or its freedom. 
Yeah, yeah. See, why the fuck? Why is the audience clapping for that? Shut up. Okay, thank you. So essentially, what he's saying here, and this is the general talking point against critical race theory, is that if we teach about what actually happened in our national history, even though it's surrounded by things that are actually commendable, but at the same time, we got to talk about the bad shit. Got to talk about the history of slavery and the history of uh, of racial inequality and racial oppression in this country. And that's not saying America is a shitty place to live, that we should hate America. No one's saying that, at least not in a uh, academic setting. That's how they're characterizing it, and an angry populace is eager to embrace that. Exactly right. So this is the same old shit that goes back... Mm-hmm. Uh, hundreds of years, if not, uh, you know, decades uh, in, in more recent terms. This is about dog whistling the white people into voting because they're afraid of the black people or the trans people or the gay people or the mm-hmm. women, uh, etc. This is all about that. This is the same thing as, uh, you know, Lee Atwater talking about uh, dog whistles because he can't say the N-word anymore. You got to talk about uh, welfare queens and forced busing and, what, uh, you know, all of that. And now it's critical race theory. That's the new one. And they're going to insist up and down, oh, we're not racist. But you're using all the tropes. You know, it's the same thing. And then on top of that, you're adding an extra layer now. As the national leader of the Republican Party, you're adding this layer of, mm-hmm. yeah, and if anyone stands in your way, shoot them. Yeah, fight fight to die. Utter madness. Utter fucking and, madness. Yeah, it, and this is why it's so important that we overwhelm them this fall at the yeah. polls. This is why it's so important. We don't. We, I, I don't want to just barely beat them. Mm-hmm. I want to crush them. I want yeah. to discredit them. I want to squash them so mm-hmm. they g- go underground or go away. That's right. I want to make their views unpopular. Uh, we can affect that if we uh, vote and bring others along. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Vote in the name of making racism bad again. Mm-hmm. And push back against this Red Hat Entertainment Complex, push back against the Trump movement, the MAGA movement, is a huge stride in that direction. You don't do it necessarily, if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your fellow Americans who are being oppressed right now, who are being forced into becoming second-class citizens again because of laws being passed, like the Don't Say Gay Bill, laws being passed in Texas and Missouri. We're talking about uh, you know anti-abortion laws being passed in Missouri, making reproductive-age women of any race second-class citizens, forcing them out of the state if they want to have purview over their bodies. This is what we're pushing back against. This is why it's so critical that we don't get uh, too exhausted, that we save some in the tank to be able to go out, volunteer, register voters, get voters out to the polls when, it, when it's required on election day or get ballots to them prior to that and so on. It's crucial that we do this. Okay, so next up here, Donald Trump talking about how he wants to have the power to fire any federal employee. The president right. should have this power, he says. Here's a also, also scary, also very, very scary. This is what right. dictators We're do. We're going to talk about a couple of reasons why it's scary. But first, here's a tiny Trump. We will pass critical reforms, making every executive branch employee fireable. <laughs> fireable by the president of the United States. The deep state must and will be brought to heel. It's already happening. And you know exactly why he wants to do this, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, he wants to get rid of disloyalists, people who don't like Donald Trump. He wants a government that serves him. Yeah, exactly right. He wants a government that will refuse to investigate him, that will turn a blind eye. He wants a government that will, in fact, investigate the other side and not worry about all of the illegal shit that he's doing. His whole thing is eliminating any roadblocks in his path toward corruption, his uh, malfeasance, anyone who has the power to investigate him, anyone who has the power to throw him in jail has to be bought off or publicly discredited in some way. This is like the ultimate weapon in Donald Trump's hands. He can fire all disloyalists, hire anyone who pledges to protect Trump and prosecute the Democrats, leave the rest of the posts vacant if he wants to. I mean, this is the best way... We saw what he did when he was president. He would eliminate uh, department secretaries and then not replace them. Just put in an acting and then not have to go through Senate confirmation. 
and entire departments in some cases. It's still going to take years to rebuild what uh, Trump has torn asunder. Yeah. So let's say if Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump's alleged paymaster, wants to cripple the federal government. Let's say Donald Trump just wants to do it himself because he's an agent of chaos and this is what he does. He he sits there with a magnifying glass and burns ants and thinks it's hysterical. He's just he's an arsonist. So he could just fire everyone in the federal government, the federal bureaucracy, and there's just not replace anyone and watch the federal government collapse. I mean, isn't that the ultimate goal? Isn't that what Grover Norquist has been talking about for decades? Mm-hmm. Uh, shrinking government so small it can be drowned in the bathtub? This is directly drowning. This is not even shrinking it. This is just drowning it. He's just they, smothering the federal government. They, they, they do want the government to control the books, the gays, yeah. the blacks. Yeah. That they want. The women. Yeah. And if you think for a second that there's a chance that he's not going to run and that we should position ourselves with that assumption in mind... Uh, that's a huge, huge mistake. We saw, I mean, underestimating Donald Trump in 2016 is kind of how Donald Trump got elected. Obviously, he had a lot of Russian help, mm-hmm. but primarily it was just like, ah, you know, I was guilty I, of this a little bit in 2015 where I was like, ah, yeah, this will be great. Donald Trump, they're going to laugh him off the stage. Just watch. This will be of, fun of to course, watch. It, it could happen and the results would be catastrophic, but my money is still on the prosecutors on this and that, yeah. that would be my positive note. Yeah. And I think, I think if we learned anything today, it's that of vulnerable people, people who are pissed off about anything, whether it's gas prices or or gays, Mm -hmm. uh, they can be easily manipulated by misinformation. That's right. So... it's our job to counter that. Exactly right. and it's, Yours too. And there is no taking a knee. I mean, obviously we can take a, a breather for ourselves, but we have to come back and, and work at this. It's all about, you know, John F. Kennedy said it best in his uh, inaugural address. He's asked not what your country can do for you, what you can do for your country. Exactly. And, and so that's, uh, that's all of our, our duty in all of this. Our collective duty is to... Uh, Do our best to preserve democracy, because as I said uh, on the show last week, democracy can be used to end democracy. And this is Mm -hmm. exactly what they're doing at this point, uh, the entire Republican movement. Okay, so uh, coming up next on the shadow docket, we've got, oh, we we keep pushing the COVID news. So we're going to talk a little bit about COVID coming up on the shadow docket. Uh, Yeah, some not great news there. Interesting little scoop from the Daily Beast this week that I want to discuss here briefly uh-huh. has to do with Rachel Maddow and Keith Olbermann. Good. I I, oh, I'm so season. glad you're going to talk about this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that coming up, too. I'm all in. Little little interesting detail in terms of what's going on at 9 o'clock on MSNBC. Uh, meantime, a little bit more, uh, uh, yeah, kind of a Trump thing in there, violating campaign finance law. Uh, and... Uh-huh. And a uh, cast member of Saturday Night Live is getting uh, shot into space. So we're going to talk about that, too. <laughs> it's all coming up on the Shadow Docket. That's bobseskashow.com. That's our Patreon page. You go there, sign up for $5 a month, and you're going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week after the Tuesday show and after the Thursday show. And there, you get the, uh, the complete narrative. If you have all three acts of the show. So thank you for doing that. We're not done. Yeah. Oh, not even close. Okay. (laughs) Shadow Docket up next. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.